Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a broadcast where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Listeners, welcome to the Friday, the 13th broadcast of the Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan. It's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, Ed. Happy Friday. The 13th. How you doing? How you I'm doing? fine. So far, I haven't uh, had anything fall on my head or, you know, no Friday the 13th bad stuff. And I didn't either. And for the listeners who... May listen to the rebroadcast. Um, the last 15 minutes of the broadcast, like I said, like in the past, we give an additional 15 minutes uh, after what you hear live and for the rebroadcast and I, on iTunes and stuff where you can pick up the Young Swing World also. Uh, we have the history of Friday the 13th that we did about what, about six years ago, maybe, if not longer? Yeah, six years ago. Uh... Yeah, right when I guess we started this broadcast. Yeah. So uh sounds <laughs> good. It was fun. It was done in an actual studio type of setting. Um Annette, yeah. who is the expert, uh gives the history. And I basically asked the questions that um to be asked, I guess you could say. Uh, stay so. tuned, you can learn about how Friday the thirteenth was really a holy day. Yeah, it's very interesting, very interesting. And how it's tied in the women and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to that. Um, so, and if you type in on Google History of Friday the 13th, it'll come up there too. So um, that's that. Uh, tonight our guest is Gail Sanchez. And we also have another guest also, Annette, that will be joining her. Chris Thompson. They're going to be talking, listeners, about the Rhodes Hotel, a very, very haunted location that we'll be going to on June 9th. Okay, and um, or I should say, I'll be going to with a group of people, and that won't be going. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, even though it's in basically her 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 state, it's in Indiana, but uh, it's one of those uh, very, very, very active locations, and. Uh, why don't we first bring Gail on and to say hi. Hello, Gail. Can you hear us? Hello. I'm here. Good, good. Welcome good. to the show. How are you tonight? Great. How are you? Fine, thanks. Good. 
Gail, you're, you're pretty much the we also have Chris going to bring him on in a couple minutes. So hang hang on tight, Chris. Um, you're you're involved in your group, Six Sense Indie Paranormal, SSIP yes. for short. Yes. I believe mm-hmm. brought this this location. Yes, we did. We purchased and it your in new owner, uh By what I mm-hmm. heard in the past, that's a good thing. So, um, uh, for the people that don't know, Gail and her group are the new owners of the location, and they rehabbed it, um, cleaned it up, making it look great. But the one thing that remains are the spirits. So, uh, Ed, let me ask Gail real quick: when you did when you did the uh, the remodeling there and the rehab. Did you find that it stirred up even more activity than normal? Actually, it has. I mean, um, people have been putting a new roof on, and we've had ceilings replaced in the upstairs construction. People were there doing that. And we have noticed a lot more. And it it creeps me out. I don't want to be there by myself. So. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Gail, you guys had this for since believe the beginning of the year, and uh, yes, um, that's when I stumbled across it, I believe, and I asked if we could have a paranormal night there. Me doing my things, uh, attempting to raise the spirits, interact with the individuals there, and everything. Uh, maybe a new experience for you guys. And how's it taking off? Is it? Taking off good? Is it you still? Uh, yeah, it's starting to. We're we're starting to get quite a few bookings, and we had an open house, and we've been putting pictures online so people can see, you know, exactly what's been going on. We have cleaned it up a lot. We still do have work to do, mm-hmm. which is going to take us some time, but it does look a whole lot better. That's How big good. a place That's is good. it, Gail? I'm sorry. What was that? How big is it? Um, 4,600 square feet. Okay. You know, it's pretty decent size. Yeah. Good, good. And uh, We do not have a basement, but we do have an attic. I like attics myself, to tell you the truth. <laughs> so, and uh, we're going to be there, like I said, nice, nice time of the year. Any activities outside, too, by any chance? Outside, I have not noticed. I just know that people are starting to see children. Um, one time, Chris, early in the morning, yelled hello, and some male voice comes back and yells hi. <laughs> you know, you can just sit there and hear people talking. It's I have my I myself have not seen the children yet, but several in the group have. It kind of startled them. Okay. And we, okay. and we have a spirit cat. We'll be going there June 9th to hold a paranormal night. And uh, for those listeners, um, let's go to ChicagoParanormalNights.com. You'll see it there for June 9th. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, overnighter, it's only 50 bucks. You're lucky you could get into a location just for six or seven hours for 50 bucks. So I want to thank Gail for that, and um, it's going to be everything I do. 
uh, Circle of Energy. My new device uh, that we will be testing out, or I hope we'll be testing out the weather allows it tomorrow. And um, why don't we bring on Chris now? Okay. Mm-hmm. Hello, Chris. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. Welcome to the show. Good. So you're 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 more or less the bodyguard of the house. Huh? You're living there right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. You might say that. Yes, I am living here now. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, Gail, how did that? You have all the best. Gail, what was that? Yes. How did that come about? That uh, Chris basically is he like a groundskeeper or a keeper of a place, uh, security of <laughs> a well, place? <laughs> Chris is in the group, and we just thought it would be a good idea if somebody stayed there. There was an attachment to the house. And we call it his apartment. <laughs> okay. And, you know, he's in the house, too. But um, we just thought it would be safe if we had somebody up there since it is empty or it was empty. Right. Right. So Chris must be the single guy at a bunch. I would <laughs> <laughs> Right? Right or wrong? Uh, no, actually, right? I have I have my partner here with me, so we're all good. Okay. <laughs> I won't be in your yeah, stuff. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you got to confirm that it was the ghost, not you. Okay, I get it. Um, definitely, definitely looking forward to this. I love to go into new locations. Um, I'm not, to be honest with you, Gail, I'm not keeping tabs on the website of what people are experiencing. Okay, I don't okay. want to go in there with any uh, pre, you know, pre knowledge more or less. Um, okay. I like going into a place the first time with what what I'm told by you and that, but yet to experience my own, just like the rectory in Ohio. Okay, uh, we went in there, we heard the stories, but we didn't go by whatever. I really wasn't looking at the pictures and that and stuff, and um, that was a hell of a place. And I got a feeling we're going to have a we're going to have a blast in your joint um, for sure. How old is the building, man? Uh, the hotel was built in 1893. Okay, and there's been some famous people that have entered that joint, entered the building, right? That's what we've been told, and that's what we understand. And we we've been told there's a register, a historic register, that actually has the names of John Dillinger um, that has has come here. Unfortunately, these are things that have not been verified, and not we have not seen them yet. But in the we can say that in the 120 years, there have been a lot of of people in and out of this hotel. So, okay, um, Gail, any chance? Have you been able to go through the old newspaper clippings or anything like that to see if any stories are tied to the place from the past that may well, be the reason for the hauntings? We have two people researching. Chris has been a big researcher on this, and so has Jody. But um, Chris could probably tell you more about all the newspaper clippings because He's the one who's really focusing on that. 
So, I mean, Chris, if you want to tell them some stories, go ahead. Uh, well, what I have verified is I, I've been doing the research, and I've gone all the way back to before the hotel was built until up to date. And, and there's a lot of stories that, of course, are, are rumors that were said about the hotel that we haven't been able to verify. But what I could verify are the original owners of the hotel, um, the gentleman who bought the hotel, and his wife's name was actually on it. Both of them had actually passed away in the hotel, as well as they had a son that passed away here. And, um, of course, the gentleman's mother had also passed away here, as well as the funerals, except for um, the original owner. His funeral was in church, but all their funerals were in here as well. So I've basically got it down to five people that I have verified that have died in the hotel. But um, the only one of them that would have been kind of an unusual circumstance, and that was the son. Um, again, and I don't know how much you want to know, but uh, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis, and he died very shortly after. So that I have been able to verify that through all the newspaper clippings and everything. As for why the hotel is so active and some of the spirits that we're getting back through EVPs, things like that, I'm still doing a lot of research because some of it just simply doesn't make sense. That being said, I can say that going back into earlier papers before the hotel was built, the small town of Atlanta, Indiana, was already reporting seeing ghostly figures walking along the railroad tracks, things like that. So it looks like the community itself had some kind of paranormal activity that had already started prior to the hotel, and then the hotel just seems like it's almost an amplifier of it. So, Is there any history of Indian settlements or anything like that? Or tragic well, events? See, what I've heard, and, and this is where a lot of the research is coming, I know that this used to be Miami Indians in the area. Um, historically, they would have been on this land before this became what it was. Um, I also know, as for tragic events, and this, I'm still looking up the research, but there seems to be uh, the only article I saw that would relate to it was where a train had hit a bunch of sheep, and apparently it derailed, and there were several pe people that were killed. Um, okay. The hotel, the hotel when it was initially built, was a place that when salesmen and things were traveling um, on the train, this was the place that they would stop and stay. So, sure. the, again, you know, you, you it makes you wonder why you know they've had so many reports in the past, but tragedies. Um, I do also know that the one reason why the um, the hotel is on the uh, National Historic Register is because it was one of the only places left in town, or actually I say it is the only place that was left in town, that wasn't affected by some sort of fire. Uh, okay. All the original facades on the buildings and everything that had been around here were all destroyed, and not by one fire, mind you. It was several smaller fires over the years, but everything had been destroyed, and this was the only one that is the most original condition to what it was when Atlanta hit the gas boom which was a, a huge point in history for Indiana as well as Atlanta. Now, somebody uh, posted on the uh, Susie Redreams, uh, posted on the um, campboard a question. Was, was this on a stagecoach line by any chance? 
You know, I have not verified that. All I know okay. is I will say that uh, Philip Rhodes, who was Newton's father, Newton built the hotel. Philip Rhodes was a wagon maker, and hmm. he was actually granted um, a land deed from the government for his part during the Civil War. So he was one of the first settlers here in the area to begin with. Um, that's back when it was uh, it was called Shieldsville and Spargersville. Then, of course, they combined to become Buena Vista, and eventually they, they changed it to Atlanta. So, but, yeah, it was kind of a, a historical thing. The roads uh, that had built the, or that were here at the hotel and owned the hotel, they were like a very huge name, and then they died off. And, in fact, um, Hazel was the daughter that remained. Newton Rhodes was apparently the last son left. And then his daughter um, survived, and she died in the 60s, and I don't know of any other roads beyond that. So, One more question about the history. I don't know if they may have uh, posted this in the newspaper or not. Where did they hold the bodies after the train crash? That's a real good question. Again, I have not seen – I've not been able to find the, um, the article on the derailment. Right. I know that – I'm hearing from the town people that that happened, and that's what I keep mm-hmm. researching. The only thing I found that was even close to it was where a train had hit uh, a herd of sheep as it was going through town, and that's when they're mm-hmm. telling me it happened. So, as I remember, there was a tragedy in Chicago, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a ship, and they did have to hold the bodies, and I believe it was the Excalibur uh, during the time, um, you know, from the time of pull them out of the water and everything until transporting right. them. So, yeah, I just wonder. I, I can actually you... imagine it. Um, during that time, and forgive me, but um, the, the Atlanta, of course, during the, the gas boom, it became, it went from a, a town of 80 people to a town of 2,000 people um, back in the early 1900s. And then it dropped down, which today the um, the town population is only about 850 people. So wow. you can see how much it's changed. But when it hit that 2,000 mark, there were six taverns here in town. There were actually two hotels, and this was the first hotel that was here. So, again, you know, there was a, it was lots of changes over the years. Yeah, cool. Uh, Gail, has it become a bigger project than you planned? Well, yes. But now we're getting to a point where it's going to be pretty easy from here on out, I do believe. Good. We worked really hard for about six weeks. Weekends only, that's all we had, you know, because we have to do our jobs. But yeah. coming along quite nicely. Yeah, I know you guys were posting that, you know, some of you, were, like Amy and I, were spending the night there and everything like that. So, yes. uh, yeah. So, cool, cool. Um Chris, what kind of activities going on in that joint? Oh, it's been, again, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't want to, like, put things into people's heads before they get here. But uh, just experiences in the past two weeks. Uh, We had a gentleman that was here. He complained that his back was itching. And um, he lifted his shirt, and there was a scratch on it. We thought, well, maybe he rubbed up against something. An hour later, he lifted it up, and he had four scratch marks down his back. Um, We, Again, he didn't even feel it happen. I don't think this was aggressive. I don't even know why it happened to him. 
Um, my mother came to visit me. She spent the night. She woke me up at 4.30 in the morning because she saw a little boy, and she's like, this was not a ghost to her. She uh-huh. saw a little boy standing in front of her, and when he reached out her hand, that's when she stood up, and she woke me up. She woke my father up. She's like, that's it. She says she won't come back. So <laughs> You won't come back. <laughs> she doesn't want to come back because that was just enough to scare her a little too much. She's not, you know, she wasn't into She liked the idea that it was haunted, but when she actually saw it and she was faced with it, then she was like, okay, that's a little too much. Um, but And I tried to warn them of that. If you're coming here with the idea that you want to see something, you're this place is not like any place I've ever been before. It is definitely active, and you will experience something here. So, cool, Gail. Do you plan on um, making it a hotel, hotel type of thing, or just keep it the way you're doing it right now for paranormal nights or days? Well, we plan on um, furnishing all the bedrooms, and we do want to make it to where people can, you know, what was we, something. We were going to do some weekend. Um, oh, we were going to do the murder what was it called, Chris? Mystery. Yeah, murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So yeah, basically, um, what she's talking about, we were going to do. We're going to keep up with the paranormal investigations because, you know, even with the updates and stuff we're making, as part of the group SSIP, we're trying to find out if that actually will enhance the activity, and it's been working. And the closer that we're taking it back to its original time era, we're seeing more activity. So that, that's that been really a neat experience and a neat experiment. Um, but what we would like to do, you know, in order to raise money and bring money into the hotel so that we can keep the preservation and restoration up, we were considering doing like murder mystery dinners where they would come in in the evening and they'd actually stay all night and leave the next day. So the dinner or the murder mystery would actually last the entire time that they were here. So do something a little bit different and let people experience it. But, you know, we'll just have to see how the spirits feel about it. And if they're okay with it, then we'll be able to go with it. So, How many spirits do you think are there, guys? My opinion? (laughs) I don't think there's any less than 18. And again, I... Yeah, I really wish I could verify every one of them that we're, we're experiencing through EVPs and things, but I would say no less than 18 spirits here, but I don't know why they're all here. So, Have you tried to categorize them, make a list of those you hear, maybe, oh, one is a female, two are children. Have you done something like that? We pretty much know, like, I know how many children that we've experienced and that are pretty common experiences where people are reporting them. Uh, we know about the um, most of the people upstairs. We know whenever we get the reaction. And then, of course, every one of them, all the EVPs and everything always indicate one figure that is, like, in control of them all. So it's kind of weird. I don't I don't know even know where to go with that. So, so there's one that's we, – we came across at a location. Uh, so you believe there might be one that's in control of the whole – yeah, because we've even had, like, a very strong conversation through EVP with a woman upstairs, and um, she would be talking, and then all of a sudden she wasn't allowed to talk anymore. 
um, the children, they were like communicating with the, we had three different color flashlights and they were communicating through that. And then all of a sudden they were scared of another entity and quit talking. So uh, it's, it's kind of strange, but that seems to happen a lot is that you'll be great. Okay. I'm getting good activity. Things are going on. And then all of a sudden I'm not allowed to talk anymore and they stop. Huh. All right. It's it, the reason why I'm going, huh, huh, huh. Mm-hmm. We've come across that. I've come across that in the past. Mm-hmm. And when we're, you're going to be there tonight, we're there, right? In June, June. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I'd like to have some of your input on uh, okay. why we do the circle. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'll see if I can tap into the big one. I call it the big guy or or <laughs> whatever, the control, control freak. And uh, see if we can tap into him there in the circle. And uh, see, yeah, and that uh, right there is what. And forgive me, but it, it's one of those things that causes confusion for me, because up until now, only women have ever been on the the deed of this property. Mm-hmm. So women have always been in control of the hotel, which is oddly enough very crazy for the time period. But that's yeah. the absolute truth. So. That hits me as odd that you know we instantly think that the big figure is almost a masculine entity, and I'm not so certain that's exactly what it is. So. All right. Well, we'll 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 play with that when um, we do the circle. I don't know if you know what my circle consists of, Chris. Um, I don't sit at the end of the table and say the spirit of Mary and Joe and whatever is here. Okay. What I attempt to do is. To raise the spirits to interact with the individuals at the table and the people in the room so those individuals become the mediums, okay? okay? And usually I guide it by what the people are saying and also what I'm picking up, okay? Because I could very naturally sit, sit there at the end of the table and say, stir to Mary Joe, whatever's here. <clears throat> but what I attempt to do is to get them to interact with the people. And um, that makes it a little bit more... I don't know. I like calling it legit because I'm not just sitting there saying this and that. And uh, we'll, 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 and I love to have the equipment out. I allow people to videotape it and everything. Uh, people catch stuff on videotapes uh, during the sessions and that. So if you've got one, Chris, with you, a camera, which I'm sure you do, uh, get that sucker running that night for sure. Um, Gail, your team. Sixth Sense Indie Paranormal. I'm sure they got all the equipment, right? Yes. Good. Good. What kind of equipment do you uh, usually bring out to these things? We have a variety of everything. There's like 14 of us. I mm-hmm. myself don't use a lot of equipment. Even my millimeter, you know, um, yeah. voice recorder and camera. That's pretty much all I use. But a lot of them like right. the K2s and some like the flashlights and, you know, just depends on what they like. Okay, okay. I like yeah, the we we have all the the DVR systems and everything, so we can set up mm-hmm. whatever. But even myself, um, I'll use like a camera, uh, my EMF detector. But in truth, I am very sensitive when I walk into areas. I I, I pick up things anyway, so that's another reason Good. why I, I like being here at the hotel. So. Sometimes I'll just walk into an area, and I have had those situations where I had to turn right back around and walk out. 
So because it just hit me all at once, like, okay, give me a second to absorb that and let me walk back in again. So, What's your webpage, guys? we got two minutes left. It is www.ssiponline.com, or you can go to www.theroadshotel.com. Okay. And for that night of June 9th, Saturday night to Sunday morning overnighter, like I said, only 50 bucks for the overnighter. And, ladies and gentlemen, you can reserve with half down, so you pay the difference at the door. Um, that's June 9th. Let's go to ChicagoParanormalNights.com. All the information is there. Um, Annette, you got any more questions? I mean, we got a minute and 19 seconds left. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it sounds really interesting, man. Just the whole idea of, you know, renovating and taking it on, it's a big undertaking. So congratulations to you guys. That's a big deal. Thank you. Well, thank you. Gail and Chris, I'd like to say thank you for being on. Um, and we're going to see you in a couple of weeks. Well, not a couple of weeks, a couple months. Yeah. A couple months. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're excited. Guys, we can't wait. We'll see you then. Thank you for being on. And uh, listeners, um, coming up, well, right now I'd like to thank Gail and Chris. Thank you, guys. Um, that's the end of that session. We're going into the session now where individuals um, who listen to the rebroadcast on iTunes or basically here on Blog Talk Radio, um, the history of Friday the 13th. And uh, Annette just said a couple, about a half hour ago, that no problem today, right, Annette? No, no, one of my holy days. I was teasing. I, I don't really ever expect something bad to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have nothing. Uh, I got blogged, bogged down with what I do during the day, of course, um, but that's neither here or there. Um, so let's, let's roll the tape for the people. Okay. And, Annette, I will talk to you during the week. Because, ladies and gentlemen, once this is over, um, that'll be the end of the show. And I'd like to say thank you, Annette, for being on. Thank you, listeners, for listening in tonight. And uh, our next show will be in two weeks on a Friday night. It may just be me and Annette. I don't know yet. We haven't. I haven't decided on a guest. But uh, we will see. And, uh, Annette, thank you again. Listeners, thank you. And here's the hey, Ed, it's Friday the 13th. You're not yeah. afraid of Friday the 13th, are you? Uh, not, only if something happens. Oh, well, if you were afraid of Friday the 13th, you would have Periscovita catriophobia. Well, I'd rather hear that from you than the doctor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is a technical term for people afflicted with a morbid, irrational fear of Friday the 13th. Is Is that a... Well, that's... Go ahead. Tell it's a, me more. It's a real phobia. It's true. Um, it's a widespread superstition because uh, Friday is the sixth day of the week, and the number 13, 13 both have foreboding reputations said to date from ancient times. Uh, their inevitable conjunction from one to three times a year portends mo- more misfortune than some credulous minds can bear. Folklorists say it's probably the most widespread superstition in the United States. Some people won't go to work on Friday the 13th. They won't eat in restaurants. 
and they wouldn't even think of setting a date on for a wedding on that day. I heard the stuff about the wedding that you know, yeah, yeah, it's almost a phobia. Oh yeah, yeah, you would yeah. never. Yeah, you don't plan anything. In fact, I fell down the stairs when I was five months pregnant on Friday the thirteenth. Thirteen stairs. Did you really? Yeah. And I'm always one going around saying, oh, it's not unlucky. <laughs> In fact, you know that uh, many Americans at the turn of the millennium still suffer from this condition. According to Dr. Donald Dosey, a psychotherapist specializing in the treatment of phobias and the coiner of the term, Paris Cavita Catriophobia, the figure may be as high as 21 million people. And if he's right, that's 8% of Americans in, uh, that are still in the grips of this old superstition. Well, most people bring it up. It's Friday the 13th, you know. Don't sure. walk under a ladder. That's one thing you usually hear. Yeah. Don't let a black cat cross your path. But I always, if I see one, I will attempt. I I, I, I walk under ladders, period. If I yeah, see I'll one, does, I got to disprove <laughs> don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if we broke a mirror on Friday the 13th? How many years bad luck would that turn into? Seven times 13? Wow. Holy moly. <laughs> what else? Uh, have what you ever else? heard of the Devil's Dozen? It's uh, it's said that if 13 people sit down to dinner together, that within a year, they'll all die. I never heard that one. Yeah. And uh, the Turks so disliked the number 13 that it was practically expunged from their vocabulary. Uh, in fact, many cities don't have a 13th Street or a 13th Avenue, and many buildings don't have a 13th floor. That's true. I've been on elevators where there wasn't 13th. And yeah. I always have fun with the guy to ride you up and down and say, well, you know it's actually 13th floor, don't you? Giving him the crease, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you have 13 letters in your name, you will have the devil's luck. These following guys had 13 letters in their name. Jack the Ripper, Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, Theodore Bundy, and Albert DeSalvo all have 13 letters in their names. Did you know that my name has 13 letters? Yours does? Yes. I counted yours. You have 10. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had seven, but that's supposed to be a good luck number, seven. Right, it's right. supposed to be, yeah, yeah. very good. Annette has seven letters, but my full name is 13 letters. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, is that the a warning you're telling me? Is that what? Are you trying to give me a warning? Or should oh. I just stay away on Friday 13th? <laughs> run now, baby. Run okay. now. Uh, though no one can say for sure when and why human beings first associated the number 13 with misfortune, the belief is assumed to be quite old, and there are any number of theories purporting to trace its origins uh, to antiquity and beyond. And uh, despite whatever terrors the numerical unknown held for their prehistoric forebears, ancient civilizations were unanimous in their dread of 13. However, the Chinese regarded the number as lucky, as did the Egyptians at the time of the pharaohs. Ancient Egyptians, uh, for them, their life was a quest for spiritual ascension, which unfolded in stages, 12 in this life and the 13th beyond, thought to be eternal afterlife. The number 13, therefore, symbolized death, not in the terms of dust and decay, but as a glorious and desirable transformation. Though Egyptian civilization perished, the death symbol they conferred on the number 13 survived, only to be corrupted later in later cultures who associated it with fear of death instead of reverence for the afterlife. Well, even in the Egyptians, they uh, celebrate black cat and stuff like don't they? Don't, don't you see a lot of drawings? that? Right, that's, uh, I think that's the god Bast. Okay. And okay. that was, uh, right, the cat god. Yeah. And don't a lot of um, um, covens have 13 members? Oh, you bring up a very good point, Mr. Ed. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Other sources suggest that the number 13 was purposely vilified by the founders of patriarchal religions in the early days of Western civilization because it represented femininity. 
13 had been the revered, had been revered in prehistoric goddess worshiping cultures allegedly because it corresponded to the number of lunar cycles in a year the same as menstrual cycles 13 so if I'm up in Newtown I should watch out for any guys wearing <laughs> earrings <laughs> the number 13 go ahead I, I, I couldn't resist <laughs> Uh, let's see. For example, a 27,000-year-old carving found near uh, Lesseaux Caves in France, often cited as an icon of matriarchal spirituality, depicts a feminine figure holding a crescent-shaped horn bearing 13 notches. According to this explanation, as a solar calendar triumphed over the lunar with the rise of male-dominated civilization, mm-hmm. so did the number 12 over the number 13, mm-hmm. and thereafter was considered unlucky. Hmm. By women. Well, men consider it unlucky because they're trying to get the women out of there. Yeah. Hang on. I got more for you. Okay. (laughs) The name Friday. You wonder where it came from, don't you? Uh, The word Friday. Not the TV show. No, no. No, Absolutely. The The Romans were the ones that named the sixth day of the week in the honor of Freya, or Frigg, the Norse goddess. Okay. Uh, She was the goddess of marriage and fertility, and she was also the goddess of her sex. Seems like you guys got a lot of control in all this. Yeah, well, you know, we used to. Uh, let's see, the, uh, Frigg and Freya have uh, been two figures that have become intertwined in the handing down of myths over time. But the entomology, or the meaning of the word Friday, was accredited to both Frigg and Freya. So it's like saying, Friday is Freya's day, or Frigg's day. Okay. Friday. And it, I've heard that in the Wiccan um, talk and stuff like that. Right. We bring that up all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, Friday was actually considered quite lucky by pre-Christian Teutonic peoples, and it's especially as a day to get married. We used to think that was a good day to get married uh, because of its traditional association with love and fertility and sex. Uh, All that changed... I had to throw that in. All that changed when Christianity came along. The goddess of the sixth day, most likely Freya in this context, given that the cat was her sacred animal, so there's the cat okay, again, okay. was recast in post-pagan folklore as a witch, and her day became associated with evil doings, especially oh. Friday the 13th. And you want to know why? Why? Because her feast day, her sacred day, is right. called the Disserblot. Guess what day that is? Friday, Friday the 13th. The 13th. You're right. Now, the Disser is a coven of priestesses that numbered, guess how many? 13. 13. Same thing as a witch's coven of 13, like you mentioned earlier. Okay. So this is why, depending upon how you look at it, Friday the 13th is lucky. And pagan associations were not lost on the Catholic Church, or Christianity as a whole, because they went to great lengths to suppress those sacred days. So Friday the 13th was a sacred day in goddess worship, or that of femininity. Mm Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, if it was a holy day for heathens, then it must not be so for Christians. Thus, it became known in the Middle Ages as a witch's Sabbath. Let me throw a question out to you. Please. What would they do if, on Good Friday, fell on Friday the 13th? Ooh, I don't know. They would have a problem, huh? They probably would. Did you know that, uh, supposedly, Adam and Eve, uh, Eve tempted Adam with the forbidden fruit on a Friday? Did they ever? Well, we know it's an apple, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a pear. Somebody once told me it was a pear. I heard it was a peach, but go ahead. Get my drift, go ahead. Right. Um, Do you know that the Great Flood, you know, good old Noah's Ark? Okay. Guess when it began? Friday 13th. On a Friday. I don't know if it was the 13th. No, okay. who could say it? On a Friday. On a Friday, yeah. And uh, the guy. Adam or Eve? Adam and Eve. She tempted him on a Friday. So it was a hell of a weekend. 
There was a lot of knowing about nudity that weekend, right? Yeah, go ahead. And uh, let's see, God uh, tongue-tied the builders of the Tower of Babel. Guess what day it was? On Friday. That's right. The Temple of Solomon was destroyed on a Friday. And uh, Christ was crucified on a Friday, Friday. like Friday. you mentioned before. Good That's Friday. right. That was probably the only Good Friday, considering all these other terrible things happened. Well, it sounds, well I don't know. Adam and Eve sounds like they might have a Good Friday. <laughs> no <think> way. So. <laughs> Paid for it later. Cast out of the Garden of Eden, yeah. but, you know. Um, in pagan Rome, Friday was the day of execution. Wow. And later it became known in Britain as the Hangman's Day. When you say day. pagan Rome, what do you mean? Well, uh, prehistoric Rome, I suppose. Okay, okay. When they were pagans running around, okay. everybody was worshipping many gods and goddesses. And and so they had death done in... Right, if there was going to be an execution, they would yeah. wait till Friday. They love ruining people's weekends. Go ahead. I know, yeah, well, get rid of the bad guys on a Friday and you can maybe, you know, yeah. live it up. But... Uh, I guess that's pretty much why that explains that the lingering taboo for like embarking on journeys or starting a new project that you would just wouldn't do it on a Friday. But a lot of it is also not, you know, I don't think, have they ever proven Noah's Ark? I mean, that that actually happened? Well, have they proved any of it? Not really. Okay, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, that's for another show. That's the Bible show. <laughs> right. But anyway, so that's why Friday the 13th, that we witches consider... That a lucky day because it's a sacred feast day of Freya, the Norse goddess of love, fertility, and sex. So happy Friday the 13th, Ed. Thank you, and same to you, kids. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye.